Hello, and welcome to episode 88 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. That's right. We're just two regular guys drinking some irregular beers and talking about MTG in particular, the online client MTG Arena. Mm-hmm. And this week, it's a pretty big week, Jeff. We not oh, yeah. only have standard rotation, but we are also talking about the new set, Dominaria United. Mm. Best time to be a Magic player. New sets are great. Yeah. And it's new a sets... shame that they happen so rarely. Oh, <laughs> well, recently, <laughs> this is the first standard set in a long time. But we'll, 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 get, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But each week, we both bring a beer, we drink Jeff's, then drink mine, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right, we are closing out our tap takeover of Grain and Grit. That's a brewery out here in Hamilton. Um, and this is called Main Squeeze. It's a Belgian wheat with citrus and coriander. Um, I get the feeling this might be their flagship because it's like the only one that's small. All of the other ones were tall cans and this one's regular size. Oh. And also it's called Main Squeeze. So it's like a citrus joke, I get it, but it might also be their Main Squeeze. Okay, all right, that makes sense. I. Uh... <laughs> One of the first beers they made, I guess, possibly, because this is a couple. Yeah. Maybe it's also a joke about being a couple. No, maybe, maybe. I don't know. It maybe. could, yeah. It's a weird joke to, to make about a couple because, <laughs> you know, normally you don't make the joke that there are other people in your relationship. Right. But... <laughs> not, not normally, but hey, everyone but, does their hey, own you know, thing. Everybody does their own stuff. You do you, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we'll see how this uh, stacks up against all the other uh, grain and grit beers. Uh, but we have some magic news. I already talked about it. Dominaria United's coming to Arena the day this episode comes out. So all you paper players out there, you should play Arena because you get to play the sets uh, a week early. So It's true. Yeah. You get to crush your local pre-release because <laughs> you'll have already done 10 sealed events. Yeah, you know all the good cards, um, which is my plan because I am doing a paper pre-release. Uh, Jeff, I know that you're super busy, but are you doing a paper pre-release? No, I uh, I didn't even really think about it, to be honest. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit late to run that by the family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was... Uh, Thinking about, oh, you know, it'll be fine. I'm kind of going by myself. Nobody's really, uh, I, I was reaching out to a couple people close by and they're like, no. So I'm like, okay, that'll be fine. Uh, so I am hoping to crush uh, the competition. But uh, yeah, man, get those prize packs. Heck don't, yeah. Don't split, man. Don't split. No Pack splits. Win, baby. And, you know, if I get the packs, you get uh, wild card wheel help too right yeah totally yeah, for yeah. Sure, yeah that's why i'm doing this all right the store will just uh definitely give you a piece of a wild card that you can trade in for any rare you want I don't <laughs> of this at the store holy yeah, shit totally. that would be crazy all right dual lands <laughs> <laughs> ancestral recalls are rare right yeah <laughs> anyway Lotus, that one was a rare they didn't have mythic there right? they didn't really have rarities they just kind of popped up uh anyway uh let's let's get back on track uh first okay so i know it's really exciting there's a new set coming out we were just talking about how exciting new sets are and all that stuff but before we get into that i just wanted to take a moment to talk about how standard is rotating away from the the sets that we have had what is it like the two years ago the ones that started um basically standard will no longer have 
Zendikar Rising, Kaldheim, Strixhaven, and Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Those sets are leaving, and it will leave us with both the Innistrads, our uh, Kamigawa, Streets of Nukapena, and of course, Dominaria United. Um, but you know, there are, there, there are some cards that we're going to have to say goodbye to. Some, some, uh, some ones we're happy to, to see go, but also some ones uh, that will be kind of sad because it's been uh, nice. But, you know, having turnover in standard is important. That's the, the main reason uh, it's a format or only reason. Um, <laughs> but I, I just wanted to give us a couple moments to, to talk about what we're going to be missing, you know? Yeah, totally. I wasn't even really thinking about this, but then when you put this list together, I was like, oh, yeah, some of these cards I will not miss so much, but there are some that I will. Yeah, and I think mainly the pathways, you know, your, your mana base changes as, uh, as you go through standard, which is actually pretty fun. And I'm excited to, to see what our mana base is going to be now, but not just the pathways, but all the MDFCs that turn into lands from Zendikar. Um, it, was a, it was a fun time. I, I actually, I liked having extra lands in my deck that were also spells. <laughs> Yeah, so the pathways were interesting. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but when these were spoiled or, um, yeah, spoiled, I guess, there was talk that these were the best lands ever made, that these were better than original mm -hmm. duel. Do you remember that? I, I don't remember that ever happening. Um, there so were some people, I don't think it was the majority, but mm -hmm. there were some people saying, that uh, they were the best lands ever, and a lot of people, a lot of people saying they were better than Shocklands. Uh, what? Would you say hindsight agrees with those people? No. Or does hindsight no. make them look a little silly? It <laughs> makes them look really silly. Jeez, no way, man. Especially when you have like you know color heavy decks, which is the point of most of you know, you, you know having I, dual lands. I'll re. I'll, I'll take a look at this again. There's no way anyone said they're better than original duels because that makes literally no sense mm -hmm. but i what i'm remembering is them saying they're the best lands since the duels like they're better than any land other than the original duels hmm. um, and so in particular better than shock lands i think most people having played with the cards now would say that that's not true um, they're different than shock lands and on the balance i would say worse mm -hmm. um but it was really interesting to play with them because they operate a bit differently than most of the lands that we have. Most like the dual lands of the past were the downside was they might come into play tapped sometimes or you might have to pay life or something. But otherwise they did both things. They, they could tap for both lands, whereas this involved a choice. And like I can't even count how many times I screwed myself by like not sequencing these pathways correctly like my thought was oh you always just hold the pathway until the last moment so that you don't make the wrong choice too early but then i'd get caught with like drawing some of these lands that required me to have uh like some of these lands that would now enter tapped because i held the pathway instead of playing playing it mm -hmm. um, and so playing with them was really cool and they were, like, much worse at fixing for any deck that wanted multiple mana symbols. I think we kind of knew that right away, but I don't think we realized how big the impact was. Mm -hmm. If you want, like, double white on turn four and double blue on turn four, the pathways kind of suck for that. Um, 
but if your deck was two, a two-color deck that just had one pip of any given color, these were very good lands. So I think Wizards did a really good job designing these. Uh, and anyone who was ring-sounding the alarm about these being too good, I think, has been proven wrong. I think they're just good. Yeah. I agree, they're just good. Um, but I really liked them. I was actually very low on them when they first came in because I thought that, for all those reasons, they were going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but playing through and, like, I think what um, makes Magic really interesting and what Standard has been for the last um, two years or so has been, like, you know, making a decision on which land you're going to play on your first turn is really... It's, it's a lot more interesting when you don't... There isn't really a correct choice sometimes. You're like... Oh, between the pathways and which way you put it and also like all the MDFCs where you're like, do I want to hold this creature or the spell or not? Um, was, I, I really liked it. And so I think now we're going into back where your mana base will just be kind of your mana base and um, it'll be, you know, you'll know certain lands are like, oh, this one doesn't come untapped until I have three lands in play or... This one, if I use it too many times, is going to hurt me with the pain lands and stuff. So, um, not as many interesting choices, but uh, it just, you know, I what a what a nice. It, it actually nice mattered. Time. Yeah, it, there it were really a couple mattered. years here where it actually mattered how you played your lands. We're kind of entering the new phase where it's like, generally, you'll just play your tri land on turn one because you don't probably don't have a one drop, and then. Like, the sequencing is sort of obvious. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm really going to miss the MDFCs. Yeah. These really, like, smoothed out gameplay. Um, they did everything we thought they were going to do. I think they were designed really well in terms of power level. Like, I don't think any of them really were just way too good. Um, I think there were some good ones and some bad ones. and A couple that were, like, quite good. But I can't think of any that... <clears throat> I was like, wow, I hate this card. In particular, I'm gotta, I got to shout out uh, Jewelry Disruption. I think you know. I was, I was yeah. like a 4x Jewelry Disruption in all my blue decks kind of guy. Um, and I still think that that's, that's correct. So uh, <laughs> I, won't, I won't miss it in the sense that it'll be nice to like... It feels so bad to get hit by Jewelry Disruption because it's like... You feel like you just got countered by a fucking land. <laughs> you know? Like, if you're going to counter my spell, at least it has to be Essence Scatter or something now. It can't just be, like, the freebie you slid into your deck. Uh, <laughs> well, and I can actually, like, play around it. You're not just going to play it as a land if I don't play into it. Yeah, what I, yeah, exactly. That, that's the frustrating part. But I do love the turn two, leave two, blue mana open. Your opponent's like, all right. They might have Drawar Disruption. I'm just going to skip it. I won't I won't play. And then next turn, you play Drawar Disruption as a land. And they're like... Yeah. So they did have it. Right. Now do they have another one? And then... Do they have a second one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love the two Drawar Disruption opening hands. Because I'm oh. like, the second one's going to get them. The second one's going to get them. It's going to get them. Because <laughs> oh, they're just like, oh, out of the clear. Oh, so nice. Um... Or in the clear, I should say. Um, but anyway, so I think not only with the the MDFCs, but we won't have any creature lands anymore because we're not going to have... Well, we don't have Faceless Haven. And then also uh, now our, um, our our creature lands from AFR are going to be gone too. 
Um, which yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I didn't, I'm happy about. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of them. I'm really tired of them. <laughs> I, I liked them. I liked that they were monocolored and like, I liked the drawback that they used for them. Um, try to incentivize maybe more aggressive decks and I, I understand that they were so good that every deck might as well play at least like two or three um and that's that means you see them a lot and so people would be happy to see them gone i suspect but i think this is the biggest like this is the most impactful mm-hmm. uh thing on the list that like these creature lands were very very good and every deck plays them like every single one. If you didn't have one, you you had to have like a really good reason why you decided like Swamp Number Seven is better than Hive of the Eye Tyrant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which like I, now I did like most every deck having to play like um, what Field of Ruin, so that mm-hmm. you can um, combat these kinds of things and being aggressive decks, being able to like survive board wipes because you can still attack them for lethal next turn most of the time. Um, or things like that and be able to like continue the game through a board wipe because obviously they're not going to get blown up and then it makes them uh any control deck has to focus on like instant speed removal because they have to make sure they can kill your land when it's a creature which is always on your turn um so all that was pretty interesting but i think i've gotten to a point where i'm kind of like you know what i'm a little tired of it i'm ready for uh for something else so yeah that'll you know I, I always like creature lands, but uh, I understand that you don't want them all the time, I think, in mm-hmm. standard. <clears throat> and I always, I always just think it's funny that the white one was just so much worse than all the other ones. Like, the other ones yeah. were pretty good. Some of them, Obviously, some of them are better than others, but the white one was just so bad. I really liked the white one at first. I loved the head yeah. flying, but uh, it would just... The, most of the time, they kind of take up your whole turn to attack. But it's um, so expensive. It's so expensive. All the other ones were cheaper, except yeah. obviously the blue one. But then the blue one really paid you off. Yeah, because you're like, oh, you're dead in three awesome. turns. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this with, is like my deck's only win condition, and you can't interact with it. So. Yeah. The, <clears throat> especially because all your removal is like non land thing. Blow up a non land thing. <laughs> and you're like, well, I have to pay three <laughs> extra mana anyway. And I can't. I. I think that's the one of the main reasons. I, I hate that card, because usually when I think I'm out, I'm, like, safe <laughs> from a control deck. They kill me with this stupid haul that I, I hated from day one. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There'll be no more, like, looking at your opponent's lands, being like, can any of these kill me? Because yeah. <laughs> when these first came out, there were a lot of, like, oh, left myself dead on board, because I forgot that About they have the that land. About the fucking lands. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, moving on. Things I'm going to be sad about. White cards. <laughs> Luminarch Get these out of here. <laughs> Luminarch Aspirant and Skyclave Apparition. Oh, thank God Luminarch Aspirant is gone, man. Holy crap, is that card, like, so good. Oh, it's so good. And I'm, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it a lot. <laughs> we had some good times, Luminarch Aspirant. You were the best 2-2 bear anyone could ever ask for. Yeah. It just feels like if you don't have a removal spell immediately, you're just going to lose. It's I know, just, it was so nice. This thing's going to do so much damage. Yeah. And then uh, Skyclave Apparition just being um, the the really sweet O-ring alternative. Yeah, this one I don't know. Like, <clears throat> like we already we still have Brutal Cathar. Mm-hmm. And I think we even are getting a new one, or... 
Um, or maybe just in Alchemy there was a, a similar card or something. Yeah, but, well, uh, I can't keep up with Alchemy. I, I know yeah. that <laughs> it's a lot. I know that obviously we're a <laughs> arena podcast, but sometimes Alchemy just has so much new shit that... Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that this episode. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Jeff, we just keep going. And Apparition was... It had like a bit of an effect on the whole format where there were just a lot of like four mana... Uh, permanence that essentially became unplayable because you just get you just get wrecked by, by this thing um i think it was it's a good card and a good design totally fine card to have around um but i'm not that sad to see it gone because there are some like four mana three four mana permanents that i would like to actually see stick on the battlefield for once uh, what you don't set so. jeff 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 you always talk about how much you like corset limited don't you like <laughs> a bunch of three threes and four fours you know battling it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just don't like when that the two two uh <laughs> comes down and takes my liliana of the veil that's true hey you know maybe that's a big reason why uh why it's well not well, they're not in standard together, but they want to make sure Liliana's really good because people love that. That's right. Um, <laughs> you know what is a good card that I'm really happy to see gone? And I, I know you know what it is. And I know it's one of the cards that you're so excited to, to see leave as well. Is it a red card? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. is. It, uh, does it have flying and haste? Mm-hmm. Both of those things. And make infinite mana? Yes, it does. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, I was going to try and like sidestep it into that stupid dragon that like makes copies of itself or whatever but uh, i wasn't even sure if that actually is rotating anymore i don't think it is so i, I couldn't make the joke but yeah it's gold span dragon fuck this card man yeah we we've talked a lot about that i think everyone feels the same way um, no more blue red is it combo decks where they just do finally fuck all for eight turns and then play a gold span and you lose like enough of that okay <laughs> Uh, all of that stuff even the magda versions that are all like teamer or, or any treasure based things or uh, i'm just now magda's a card i'm gonna miss that was, that a, was cool a cool card, card. I, I i was happy to see that and that it actually got and in i there. like how it saw like fringe play it saw like the perfect amount of play mm -hmm. where it was like part of some weird degenerate engine that sometimes the deck would just like <laughs> crush you on turn three because it had Jesper Sentinel Magda start. That uh, that is a card I I love Jesper Sentinel and how it actually made it. It it did it. It's just so. I, I remember Sam Black like touting that cards like um, when it was uh, spoiled. I remember Sam Black writing an article about how good it was, and I was like, did they like link the wrong card? <laughs> and like put a, a picture of the wrong card in the article that the editor like fuck off like is this really the card he's talking about um but you know he's sam black and as it turns out he was right the card is a lot better than it looked yeah oh man or, than it looked to me yeah <laughs> it was as good as it looked to him i guess <laughs> oh gosh it's been it's been a wild ride. It's fun to look back. I didn't. Um, I have a few more cards on the list. I don't want to go through everything just because um, I do want to talk about some new things. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, I wanted everyone to be able to take a moment and think, oh, what you know? Just it's important to remember the uh, the nice things in your life or the the you know you're happy something's getting out of your life. So I mean, we can't we can't move on without mentioning the Cadillac, though. I, well, I obviously, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cadillac also gone. I think the 
prevailing opinion here is is also good riddance right yeah. along with uh, Gold Standard. Get the, uh... um, the only thing I wanted to mention here is like people might actually play Arlen now. <laughs> there's, there's kind of a reason to play the four mana, you know, generate tokens card that isn't just worse than the other one. Yeah. The other one's not legal, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. That will be, you know, so that I, I haven't played standard in a really long time because it felt so like locked in to, and that's what always happens with like most every format and you always need shakeups and new sets. And that's why we have all these things, but I'm excited for standard. I, I want to play again. I'm, I'm ready to get hurt. Totally. Like there was a while when standard was, you should be playing, um, basically you should be playing two out of the following three cards, all runs epiphany, Goldspan Dragon, and Asika's Chariot. And if you're not playing, like, two out of those three, then it's probably a bad deck. So, like, you could play green-red or blue-red, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, just think about how all three of those cards are from Call Time. So they were, they've all been around for a while now. Um, and I know, you know, Allerance Epiphany had action taken against it, but, uh, like... It's just it's it's enough gold spin and, and Asika's chariot. It's enough mm -hmm. of that. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready for something new. Um, do you have any honorable mentions before we just like get out of these rotating cards? Yeah, one card I just wanted to quickly shout out was Lolth. Um, I liked this card when it was spoiled, and I really like that it sort of ended up being. It occupied this really weird place in the metagame where it's sort of best known for being in a mono-black control deck that's full of a bunch of weird cards. Um, I love that that deck like, existed and came in and out of the meta because it wasn't on the face of it that good of a deck, but it just really hosed creature decks. So anytime creature decks were too good, it would just pop its head back in. Could never beat an Allerns Epiphany deck ever, mm -hmm. and so that's why I kind of phased out. Uh, but I thought that was like a, a really cool role played by Lolth. Um, was like, you know, people love mono-black control, and it was, like, semi-viable, and that's what I associate Loth with. Yeah. That was the card that I think the um, I felt most like uh, where I'm, I'm in a game, and I'm like, all right, sick. Uh, I, I can't win. I can't lose this. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be fine. They drop a Loth. I'm like, oh, sick. Okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm going to win this game anymore. <laughs> like, one of those cards where I'm like, it, it still it doesn't two spiders yeah it just like it never felt like I, it would the game was over but i just knew that i wasn't going to be able to get there i was like unless i get something to kill that or or do something but it's it's just gonna right. be bad it protects itself so well yeah and then draws an extra card every turn mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing i wanted speaking of that same deck you might be surprised to hear this but i am happy to see deadly dispute go really see you later deadly dispute because I love Village Rights, and I want to play it again. <laughs> okay. I also... And when there's Deadly Dispute around, you don't play Village Rights. <laughs> I like Village Rights a lot, because one-mana cards are things I like. Um, yeah. But I'm ready to see Deadly Dispute go away, um, and I'm also ready for Shambling Gas as well. Well, So, get... Uh, yeah, I, I always thought Shambling Gas was overrated. But. I mean, it's good. I'm just tired of seeing it when I'm playing a bunch of 1-1s. I didn't like that. <laughs> it was always so annoying because it's like, <laughs> yeah, talk. It's, now I can't attack you because you're going to kill two of my creatures with one of yours. So, anyway. <sighs> All right. Goodbye, cards. It was nice uh, playing you. 
Um, all right, let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, I want to quickly go over some stuff and talk about some things before we have to go to a break. Um, but I'm glad we had that, that time that we got to share with each other. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, uh, Jeff, do you want to explain how we, uh, go about a new set? Like what are the things we want to focus on the most when we're looking at new cards and going into a new draft format? All right. So we recently had, um, our new to arena or just how to manage the arena economy episode. And one of the key takeaways there is that the best way to build your collection, you know, for better or worse, like it or not, it's to draft. So getting good at drafting and drafting a lot is the best way to build your collection. It's not the only way, but it's the best way. And uh, the other key takeaway that is related to that from our side of things is that, you know, here at the Arena Regulars, we're very pro-rare drafting. Yeah. Uh, What does that mean? Does that mean take every single rare you see all the time? No. No. (laughs) Um, it means if there's a card that you know you're going to play in Constructed, it's a card that you actively want to put in a deck, if you have a deck list sitting there with a, you know, exclamation point because you don't have some of the cards in it, uh, and you see that card in a draft, you should take it because it's more valuable than the minor incremental win percentage from taking the more relevant card to your draft deck in terms of collection building. And don't let anyone shame you into doing otherwise. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, Take the card that you know you're going to use and want in your collection. So, we usually like to start off new sets by actively mapping out which cards those are. If I see this card, I'm going to take it because I want it. Mm -hmm. Um, that That way I don't feel bad during the draft. I don't feel like I'm under time pressure to make that decision of whether I should rare draft or take the better card. I already know if it's on my list, I'm taking it. Uh, unless I've already hit my play set or whatever, and it's just gems at that point. Um, but yeah, it's like, we don't have, it's a no-brainer. You know, we say, oh, that card, you know, that that murder looks awfully nice, but uh, unfortunately there's a Lilian of the Veil in the pack, so I'm going to take that. Yes. Which... Um, oh, that's a bad example, because that's probably... That, uh, <laughs> you should take the Liliana. <laughs> You've been pretty good Yeah, especially because they cost exactly the same uh, mana <laughs> I should have picked almost yeah. any other card. Yeah. Ooh, that murder looks really good, but... <laughs> also not in this I, I'm, I'm in black. <laughs> I'm going to pick Liliana. This is a bad example, guys. Yeah, no, lightning it's fine. Strike. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. We're drinking. You're, it's, you're it's mono red. Back you, three, lightning strike. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so it, it's just a way that... Um, uh, because you can get kind of bottled up in the in the draft and this this should help you out um so make as many choices as you can before you draft so you don't have to make as many in the draft uh yes also just a quick tip if you didn't know if you hit control or option i guess on depending on which computer you have um in the draft it'll tell you how many copies of every card that you're looking at are in your collection Uh, it's alt is yours alt okay alt and option are like the same thing on uh, mac so uh, okay that would make sense Jeff, uh, do we want to get into our no pass lists? Just kind of quickly go through them. Maybe we don't have to get too intense about it. Uh, you know, I'm getting kind of low on my beer, so maybe we do one person's or the other person's or half and half or something like that. Should we get like the obvious ones that I think are on both our lists? Just yeah. I mean, way? like you didn't write your list, so I don't know what yours is. So how about uh, <laughs> how about you talk about the ones that overlap with us, and then, and then we'll go from there. All right. Well, the first one that is always basically always the case. Um, is dual rare the cycle of of rare dual lands if the set has a cycle of rare or i guess dual or tri lands uh, given 
recent sets. Um, that those are going to be on our no pass list uh, as long as they're even semi playable. I think they were even on my Strixhaven no pass list. I yeah. think I even had the snarls they on were. there. So um, I do have a you question. Know what? Rare actually. dual lands. This one. Painlands are on my list. Yeah, painlands. Um, for this one, we had talked last week. I think about excuse me the amount of painlands we want to put in our decks. So, mm-hmm. are you still devoted to four copies of each one? Or are you thinking like, oh, I'll get two of each or something like that? These will be on my no-pass list up to four. Um, I might not end up having four of each of them. Like, I won't craft up to four probably on some of them. But if I have three Shivan Reefs and I see a Shivan Reef, I'm going to take it. Okay. I, I feel exactly the same way. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, good question. No, and, really? and the other thing I wanted to clarify is, you know, last week I said these are overrated. They're still good. Something can be good and overrated. In yeah. fact, most things that are overrated are actually good. We'll talk about that next week. Um, yeah. All right, the next card I know you have on your list too. We've talked about this. Liliana of the Veil. Oh, yeah. We got to get it. Uh, I'm going to need four. Yes. There's no, there's no two ways about that. No. Uh, I want to play this card very badly. It's my number one priority. Um, I want that card uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited to to have it. It'll even just feel cool to be able to play with this card because, like, be, because both you and I started playing again after Innistrad, when this card had already become like a hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if if either of us have really played with it because the price tag was just too high. So, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times about Arena actually letting us get to play with $100 cards because every card's the same price. Um, this is one I'm looking forward to playing a lot of. Ooh, I'm excited. Okay. We named our last episode after it. You had to know it was you on had our past list. Yeah. Um, Jeff, are there any other cards that overlap our lists? Yes. So uh, the next one on your list is one that uh, I'm going to... I'll talk about. I'm definitely going to try this card, and it's Weatherlight Completed. So this is a weird one. It's an artifact vehicle, 5-5 five, five flying for two. It doesn't actually have crew, so it's not a vehicle that you can crew. But as long as it has four or more Phyresis counters on it, it's a Phyrexian creature. And whenever a creature you control dies, you put one of those counters on it. And then you draw a card if it has seven or more counters on it. Otherwise, you scry one. So basically, it sits there as a little artifact, scrying every time a creature dies until it hits four, in which case it becomes a 5-5 five, five flyer. And then if you get past seven, it draws cards every time a creature dies. I love this card. I think the design's really cool. I don't know how good it is because it's so weird, um, but like obviously I'm thinking of putting this in the red-black anvil deck where it's it likes creatures sacrificed, it's an artifact, anvil likes artifacts... Um, I'm, I'm trying it. This, there'll be a, a version of that deck with two, at least two of these bad boys in there. And then if it impresses me, that number might get kicked up. So I'm going to need, I'm going to need a few of these. I'm going to need them. Yeah. And, um, I put this on my list because I know that Jeff will build a deck that I want to play. And so I prepare <laughs> for it. And that's why I put it on my list as well. Cause I knew Jeff would want it. It looked like a card Jeff would want to play. So, um, I, and I, I you know, <laughs> <laughs> playing once we started talking about spoilers you were like uh, have you read weatherlight completed yet i was like no <laughs> i think you knew that i was gonna love this yeah, card I, I think you're gonna have to read that card real quick um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and 
the, the, this is perfect too because this card sucks in limited. So it's a perfect example of like, I'm just taking this for my collection. Yeah. I can't imagine this card. Is, maybe it's good, but I doubt it. <laughs> I really doubt. Like maybe um, there is a card uh, if you get this rare as well. Um, it's like the the Boros uh, rare um, Aster, Bearer of Blades. He does have an ability that says vehicles you control have crew one, so you could give it crew one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which, that's going to be a janky like <laughs> standard deck that people are playing. Um, I don't generally try to like build draft decks around a mythic rare, and a rare. and rare mild combo. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, no one should. Uh, it's just, it, it, I'm just telling you it's possible that it could. I mean, if I get, let's be realistic. If I see both those cards in a draft, I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I expect, like, three wins, maybe four wins. Like, that's what I'll be shooting for. Yeah, that's what you hope for, the three or the, the four wins. Um, all right. What else is on your list? I have a, I have a few more. Um, but, like, at this point, I'm getting to, you know... So I think, actually, this is, I want to take a moment that most of the time my list tends to get fairly large because I start looking at all these things and I get really excited and I make something really, really big. Your list doesn't mm -hmm. have to be huge. Like, even these, uh, the, the lands, Liliana and the Weatherlight, I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good. Um, I don't really need a lot of these other ones. But I did kind of go through and be like, ah, but I kind of want them and I think I'm going to need them for other formats possibly. So that's when I started throwing in some more. Right, you're like, realistically, if I see this card, I'm probably going to take it, mm -hmm. so, so I might, might as well, well just... make that decision now, mm -hmm. um, rather than later. Um, yeah, one card that calls out to me, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be playing a lot of black in this format, mm -hmm. so the black cards all, all jump out at me. I like the look of drag to the bottom, so it's two black black. For a sorcery, each creature gets minus X, minus X, till end of turn, where X is 1 plus the number of basic land types among lands you control. So if you have a triome, then this is Languish. And Languish was like a standard all-star. Now, that was a while ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't like. I still think Languish is, is good enough. It depends how many five-toughness creatures end up mattering. Mm -hmm. But generally, Languish is like awfully close to damnation <laughs> and sometimes has upside the minus x minus x actually being relevant and this can get better than language like it's not difficult for this to be language because of triumphs mm. and it's not asking too much for this to to go beyond if, if there's some sort of wacky four or five color decks or if you just throw like one triumph like that's not your three colors into your deck to like turn this on treat it as like a dual land or, or a you know whatever just a instead of a swamp or something um just to try to get this up to five or six if you need it or four or five yeah five or five six, or six. If you yeah. To. yeah i like the looks of this i like the looks of this i i was looking at that card too and it does seem pretty sweet um i don't it's one of those that, like, you might have to convince me if it's going to get there. I mean, obviously it seems good, and it also hoses a bunch of decks that I'm going to want to play. So I probably think <laughs> by next week I will hate this card. Um, but, uh, yeah. So you know, with some sort of indestructible white dork. Yep. <clears throat> That's exactly the kind of shit that I, I don't want to deal with. I was like, oh, I give my creature indestructible. Uh, it doesn't matter. Never mind. Okay, fuck. Uh, that sucks. Protection? No, that doesn't matter. No, it doesn't no, matter. No, 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 nothing, no, nothing seems to nothing matter. Nothing seems to matter. You know what matters, though? 
uh, Slip Out the Back. That'll do it. I guess so. Yeah. Then you have to play Slip Out the Back. Yeah, talking about Slip Out the Back, I'm jumping to a card. I know you're going to have... You're you're just waiting for me to talk about this card. Um, Because of of course I am, because why would I not pick a heroic mechanic card to talk about? Um, The the problem with this card is that it's Simic, and it really... uh, That... That hurts me a lot. You just figured out what the card was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, of course, I'm going to talk about Ivy, Gleeful Spell Thief. It is green and a blue for a 2-1 fairy rogue with flying. And it says, whenever a player casts a spell that targets only a single creature other than Ivy, you may copy that spell and, you know, choose new targets for the copy. Or, sorry, the, the <clears throat> copy targets Ivy instead. So, uh, the thing with this card is that uh, I already like the, um, the Drake from Crimson Vow, yeah. that when it's a 2-mana 2-1 Drake that flies, and when you target it, you draw a card. With Ivy out, you copy whatever you targeted, and you put it on Ivy, and so you slip out the back your Drake, you slip out the back your Ivy, boom, that's awesome. They both get counters on them, and then you draw a card. It also copies any sort of enchantments that you put on because you're casting it and it makes a copy of that enchantment and puts it on Ivy. Um, so these are the kind of things that I get excited about. The only problem is that it, it's Simic, which is my least favorite color combination. <laughs> and it would, I, I would like to, to play Simic in a way that Simic doesn't, you know, I'm not ramping and playing big stuff. I'm playing dumb little things that synergize and, Two four one themselves. You're playing all of the like terrible one mana blue protection spells. Like you see, what is it? You see a guard? No, that's not it. What's well, that's a hexproof spell. Yeah, yeah. You see, um, oh, that is it. Mm-hmm. You see a guard yeah, approach yeah. or something. <laughs> it's so hard for me to believe. Oh, but that's rotating. Okay. That's rotating. Yeah. So I can't play that one. Uh, but I will play Tamio's safekeeping, which is indestructible and hexproof. Oh yeah. yeah and you gain yeah. life. That makes sense. Um, that one's good. So okay. So I get the green. That's nice. Um, so there's some stuff, you know. Um, I'm sure maybe there's there's some uh, some enchantments I want to put on here or something. I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. But um, I uh, I do like slip out the back. It's a lot better than I originally thought, and it's it comes in handy in a bunch of different ways um, by also getting rid of blockers if you need that. And uh, yeah, I just. Uh, I'm probably gonna. I just know myself. If I see this card, I'm gonna want to take <laughs> yeah. it. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna make it. I'm. I'm just gonna. I think it. you're legitimately gonna play this in your draft deck. I mean, it's two one flyer for. Two. Well, yeah, and that's if also helpful. If you're green blue. I'm never gonna be green blue because I hate green blue. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, but yeah, I just we. I had brought up slip out the back, so I had to bring up Ivy. Um, yeah. she might. I already hate this deck. I hope it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna lose. I don't want to play against it. The the freaking black card you just talked about. That's what's gonna kill me. Drag to the bottom. You're just gonna kill all my creatures, and I will be out of cards. <laughs> or Liliana, huh? Targets you. That's true. And then I'll play my cards in response. Maybe I don't know. And then you'll kill it. Yeah, with it on the stack. That sounds rough. Um, <laughs> I can see that happening. But at least they fly so they can attack Liliana. Well, who knows? Who? I don't know what's going to happen. It's probably going to be terrible. Every single deck I've tried to build that's like this is always terrible. They um, always throw you one. I feel like every set, they throw you one card that's pretty good for this like type of <laughs> strategy. I know, I know. And it's always hard because like 
it's tempting, but the reason the strategy fails is because there's only ever like one good protection spell at a time. Yeah. <laughs> they they never give you enough of those. They give you all these creatures that are like awesome, and then they you have like just one one like one mana card that you actually want to cast and copy. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be my problem. So uh, currently, I I am gonna try to build it, but it's, I, I know I just know it's gonna be terrible because. They always have been, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I'm still going to do it. I'm ready to get hurt again. You'll have some fun along the way. Hopefully. And you'll be like, you know, eight rare wild cards shorter or whatever. No, because I'm, no, because I'm getting them in the draft, Jeff. I don't think so. (laughs) Oh, because you mean everyone's going to. people might pass them, you know. That's what I was saying. They'll pass them, but maybe not because it actually might be good. Anyway. We don't need to talk this long about Ivy. Um, uh, Jeff, really quick. Do you mm-hmm. want to take a break in the middle of our list? I have about four more yeah, cards to talk Ivy's about. Yeah, I think Ivy's the perfect like card to leave leave there while we do <laughs> Because you know everyone's going to be wanting more after hearing about Ivy, so they're going to they're going to yeah. stay and wait. <laughs> Uh, for the rest everybody's of already tuned out because you know they've turned it off because <laughs> <'cause laughs> I about three three minutes. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> should I have saved that for next week I probably should have oh well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a classic Zach but, first sips pick <laughs> or worth a slot yeah, <laughs> yeah. For those of you that are are still here, uh, we'll talk about some uh, some real cards after we we refill our beers here. <laughs> All righty. This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon. That's right. You're already supporting the show just by being a listener, but if you want to support the show even more, Patreon is the best way to do that. Plus, you get to vote on your favorite co-host by clicking that buy Jeff a beer button. Or buy Zach a beer button. So go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host. Or if you prefer beer emojis to actual real life beers, that's weird, but it's okay. Come talk to us on our Discord channel. So who's going to tell him? Oh, I think you should tell him. I didn't I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Um, I don't think I did either. <laughs> From my perspective, you got the wrong beer. I guess I bought the beers second. So we saw Grain and Grit had six beers available on their online store. Um, we decided that's perfect for three weeks tap takeover. So Zach ordered all six. I decided to just go to the brewery because I live in Hamilton and the brewery is not very far. When I went there, they had six beers available for purchase to bring home at the brewery. I assumed that those were the same six that were available on the website. As it turns out, they are not. So Zach and I had five of the same beers and one different one each. So um, what are you drinking? So, all right. Also for everyone, like we figured this out a while ago and we decided not to remedy it. We just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, So it wasn't like we just figured this out moments ago. um, Just now? Oh, that'd be hilarious. If we're just like, wait, that's what you're drinking? That's not what (laughs) What I'm drinking. Uh, No. So um, I am drinking Invisible Friend. So it's an American pale ale. Uh, It is 5.1% and uh, it has galaxy and mosaic hops in it. So... Yeah, it's got a cute little picture of a, a girl putting her arm around a ghost. Or, I guess, a person in a sheet. 
is the, the thing. Interesting. Uh, I have their happy hour. Happy hour margarita sour. This last time I read the name, the rhyming name incorrectly. Yeah. So uh, this time we got it. Happy hour margarita sour. Um, it's a margarita sour, I guess. It's supposed to taste like a margarita. <laughs> it has a skeleton hand holding a margarita as the, the icon. I just think it's hilarious that, like, definitely of these two beers, that one that you have is more my style, and this one is more your style. Yeah. And it's not like we even picked them, really. We just took, bought all, we both bought all six and ended up with, with uh, the, sort of the wrong beer. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I much <laughs> would have rather had yours. Not that American Pale Oils aren't great, but... It seemed kind of like, oh, that's kind of, you know, fine. But then you said you had a margarita sour. He's like, when do you want to do that one? I'm like, you have a margarita sour? I don't have that one. What? <laughs> I assumed you would want to bring it, like, right away. Yeah. I was like, all right, I guess Zach's going to do the margarita sour. Oh, anyway. Um, so I am, I'm excited to hear what you think about the margarita sour, sour at the end of the episode. But let's get back into some magic cards. Because uh, um, <laughs> maybe people aren't interested in how the show works, but uh, that's how it works. <laughs> anyway. Okay, just so I know, what's a margarita supposed to taste like? I can't even remember the last time I had a margarita. Well, it's a, it's a tequila, lime, and then you can use simple syrup or agave. And then some people use, like, it, it, as another component, you can put, like, triple sec or Cointreau, which is, like, an orange okay. liqueur, and then salt. Is this mostly just going to taste like lime, I guess? Yeah. yeah. Lime is like the the major citrus flavor. Okay. That doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. I know that you like limes. That's true. No, you like lemons. Lem- lemons are superior, but limes are still good. Citrus is, is good. Citrus is good. Okay. Uh, perfect. Let's jump right back into this. Um, this is a card on my no-pass list that I was hesitant whether I was going to put it on but I just know that I'll probably want some of these at some point so that I don't have to craft them, which is Temporary Lockdown. So this card is one white white for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, exile each non-land permanent with mana value two or less until it leaves the battlefield. So this is like their O-ring for everything that's little, which is the type of card that would screw me over, but also the type of card that would screw Jeff over. (laughs) I fucking hate this card. <laughs> you know how many red, black anvil decks I have in my deck like collection right now? Yeah. Four. Because there are four formats that I can play that in. Yeah, and now um, there's gonna be four formats to play temporary lockdown in. Um, yeah. The fact that this hits all <laughs> the treasures and clues and food and uh, ovens and cats and this is not just standard, but just in general. Um Yeah, I'm oh, I'm okay with some additional cat oven hate because you know, fuck cat oven. Mm-hmm. Um, but does it have to get the anvil stuff? Get out of here. Get in my anvil. It's good that it... I mean, I guess I'm going to sack the anvil in response yeah. for like one point of damage. But. Um, I think it's good that it only does two or less and it's not just like three or something insane like that. It's not like um, Shadow's Verdict or something that I hated. Um, oh, yeah, and there is a good amount of like enchantment removal so you can get your stuff back, but if they're tokens, it really fucks you, so... Um, maybe that's the big pull for it. Um, but I think that, uh, this will be played around in control decks and I have been playing a little bit of Azorius control 
Oh, I know, I know, it's terrible. <laughs> but I have the deck list and I play on my phone and I actually kind of like it now. It's been fun. Oh, um, no. When I feel like oh, a long, gone to the dark side. drooling game. Or grueling, I guess, not drooling. <laughs> you can drool if you want to. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so I just thought, you know, I, I might want some of these. I'm going to pick them up uh, if I see them going around. Yeah, this card's super powerful. I think it's sort of uh, aimed a little bit at older formats. Mm-hmm. Um, but that still means you're going to want this in Historic. Uh, you're going to want this for your Explorer collection. And I think in Standard, like, super powerful sideboard card. Because any deck that plays cheap permanents, this is very good against. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. Um, I, I also wanted to just quickly mention... On the build up to that, you said you weren't, you know, you weren't sure, but you decided to just put it on the list. I would say that in general, if you're like on the fence about something, just put it on your list. That's smart. Like, yeah. Because part of the idea of the list is to make those decisions now. And it's like, okay, I'm making the decision now. I think I want this card enough that if I see it, I'll just take it. Um, and the list can be like changing. If if you pick go pick up a card, then you test it out in standard and you realize it doesn't actually do what you thought it did, which you know, is known to happen to us uh, from time to time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can just not, you don't have to keep taking it. This isn't like some sort of binding contract that yeah. made made with the arena regulars that you now have to take this card. Um, just don't worry about it. But like the idea is to help you so that when the clock is running down, five, four, three, two, one, you don't know if you're going to take Murder or Liliana, says my classic example. Um, That's the best. You know to take yeah, the, the Liliana. The Liliana. Just, the, just the worst possible example I could have come Murder or Liliana. I just love, they're just the same mana cost is so perfect. Um, <laughs> you're going to see like Ben S or something is going to take Murder over Liliana at some point and I'll feel vindicated. Yeah, but. there you go. Um, so... Yeah, and not only just that, but like, um, just a side note from the our acquisition period of making sure we can get cards for our collections, which is of, of course what we're talking about today. Um, but in general, like if you're, it's really good to take a moment and look through all the cards. Um, you don't have to read every single one because sometimes they have too many words on them. Um, <laughs> that's what I do. I just skip over the ones with too many words. That's why most of the Planeswalkers aren't on my list because <laughs> I didn't read them. Uh, There's a Grizzly Bears card. That's ah, pretty that good. That's great. Gonna, uh, top of my list. Um, but, you know, while you're doing that, you maybe you're making your no-pass list. And when you look through the commons, you make a list of the best common in each color or something like that or, or uncommons. And and just, you know, when you're drafting, you can start making lists because that's what people do. To, they have tier lists to make sure that they are picking the right cards or know if things are open or whatever. Um, practice making your own, you know. Uh, obviously, I'm supposed to tell you because this is a podcast that our list is the best list when we're coming with those things yeah. and, and that we can teach you stuff. But really, hey. Except Ivy. Don't, don't take no. Ivy. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to take Ivy. I, whatever. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, the, and the other idea is to like target formats too. Like I have kind of a soft target on Explorer because that's the format that I currently find the most fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be the one I always look at. So you know, if something looks really good to me in Historic, I might as well pick that up too because I might decide. You know, Historic might become my favorite format at some point. Um, but traditionally, I like Standard and Explorer. So those are kind of the. It's, hard, it's weird to say traditionally when the Explorer is a brand new format, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like. I love standard his traditionally and then Explorer is like my favorite format. So I, I have when I'm looking through the spoilers, I have an eye out for like, oh, what kind of Explorer decks 
could this go into or could this generate? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Jeff, do you have another card for us? Yes. So people who listen a lot might know this, but I think most people might be surprised that one of my like sneaky favorite archetypes um, is big red, which is mono red decks that are not aggro decks. Mm -hmm. I just love those because I think that's hilarious and they come around so infrequently that uh, it's that's why nobody knows that like I like it mm -hmm. generally because it, it never exists. Um, but I always have an eye out for big red. And so I am going to be picking up my copies of Jaya. So this is Jaya, Fiery Negotiator, two red red, four mana for a four loyalty planeswalker. Plus one creates a one one monk with prowess. Minus one, look at the top two cards. You can play one of them this turn. Uh, minus two, choose a creature an opponent controls. Whenever you attack, Jaya deals damage equal to the number of attacking creatures to whatever you picked. And then the ultimate is an emblem where whenever you cast a red instant or sorcery, you copy it twice and choose new targets, and that's minus eight. So the ultimate, you know, it's nice to have. It wins the game, hopefully. Um, but generally, this is like a... Every turn, you look at two cards and play one of them. That's, like, really solid value-generating machine. And the token is, is non-trivial. I think anyone who's played, like, Monastery Mentor-type stuff knows that these tokens actually don't suck. Just because it says 1-1 one, one doesn't mean the token is bad. Um, so I know it's, like, sort of Spell-Slinger. Uh, it looks a bit Spell-Slingery mm -hmm. because of the Prowess token and the Ultimate. But, you know, ignore the ultimate and then just think of the prowess as upside and the card would be totally fine in some sort of, like, mid-rangey red deck. And so if that deck exists, I'm going to find it. And so I'm going to need to have Jai's in my collection to uh, experiment a little bit. Yeah. Um, I actually have read this card. I know I was joking about Planeswalkers before, but uh, <laughs> no, I have read it. Um, and This is, like, the longest one. I know. Um, but I do really like the minus two uh, just being mm -hmm. able to like turn because every once in a while you know um, with some of these decks you have a lot of like these smaller creatures and this isn't more of the big red that you're talking about um, but ones that you really can't get in with and being able to attack with five creatures kill a five toughness thing that usually just roadblocks you and then maybe you have a card in your hand that you can kill another thing and maybe that puts prowess on your other cards um, it just seems like a really nice attack step as people know, um, probably know, the attack step is one of my favorite uh, phases of the turn. And so when there's a lot of things that go on in that phase, uh, it makes it really exciting to me. So um, that's what I was looking at mainly with that card. Yeah. But Totally could be a top end for like a mono red aggro deck. Mm -hmm. That's just not why I'm interested in it. Um, and uh, I, I agree, that card, the design is at least interesting on the minus two there. Mm -hmm. And it, like, fuels itself by making the monk, the monk tokens that you can attack with, presumably. Exactly. I, I kind of think of this card as, like, bad Chandra. It's, like, bad Chandra Torch of Defiance, but, you know, Chandra Torch of Defiance would be insane. It was insane in standards, so um, bad Chandra could still be a good standard card. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Um, I have another card. We haven't actually talked about this mechanic yet, so I think this is a good card to showcase it. <laughs> Um, it's not a very exciting mechanic. Eh, is it exciting? I don't know. Um, I, I find it kind of weird. It's, it's a little weird, and it's not really new, but it's here. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, this is another control card-ish. 
um, that uh, we'll see if I'm going to play, but I put it on the list because it just seemed like yeah. something. Blue White Control Zach is at it it's again. Com- I'm coming out of the woodwork. Uh, they got me in with auras, and now I'm call them. turning my auras <laughs> deck into Simic decks. And they don't call him Azoria Zach for nothing. Ooh, I like that, Azoria Zach. Um, <clears throat> all right, so this is uh, the phasing of Zalfir. Two blue-blue for a saga, and it has a special thing at the top. It says read ahead, which is a new ability, which means you can start the saga on whatever chapter you would like. Uh, so you get to choose your own effects, basically. You don't have to stick with the first one. I think this actually just uh, changes the way they write sagas. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> so the first two chapters are another target non-land permanent phases out. It can't phase in for as long as you control phasing of Zalfir. And then the, the last chapter is destroy all creatures. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller creates a 2-2 black Phyrexian creature token. So basically, you can either come down and you can, like, save one of your, like, phase out one of your favorite permanents, another one of your favorite permanents, wipe the board, and then your favorite permanents come back. Or you can play it, you can phase out your opponent's things that you don't want, and then you wipe the board. You have a bunch of tutus and they don't have anything until those other ones come back. Not as good. But the last one is just play it and wipe everything. And so for four mana in blue you can destroy everything and make a bunch of tutus, which blue doesn't usually get to do that. That's usually the white thing as part of the Azorius control. Yeah, this one's really tough to evaluate. It's, it feels like there's going to be a lot of times when you don't know if you should start this on one or two. Um, I feel like when you're supposed to start it on three, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're supposed to, like, do I need a, a wrath like, next turn or do I want to try and protect two things? It's definitely an interesting card. Uh, so I, I honestly have no idea how good this card is. And I think uh, that's part of... Because I also don't know how good it's going to be. Um, and I think it will take a lot of skill. I think it's going to be in a lot of deck lists that people who are winning tournaments could be playing. Yeah. So I want them, but it's going to take a lot of time to play it right. It's not the kind of card that you can just play and it does the thing you want. It's like... You have to know how to play it, which I probably don't, but I do want to try. So, uh, oh, it seems fun to try. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a high skill cap card, though. I think it's yeah. one of those cards that people think are just going to be awesome and easy to play. You know, like Thoughtseize or something, or, where everyone thinks they just jam it in their deck and and it's going to win them the game. And it's like you actually have to make decisions, though. You know? Yeah, you have to make the right decision for this card to be brainstorm. Yeah, brainstorm's the classic example, yeah. I guess. <laughs> We learned the hard way that we're not good enough at magic. No, to, no, no. I don't want to, to play brainstorm. brainstorm sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crap. Uh, all right, Jeff, I have two more cards on my list. Um, do you have any? Yeah, so I have another one that sort of fits into a little bit into my big red uh, thing that I was just talking about. Okay. And it kind of links up with, with your card because it's also a wrath, essentially. This is uh, Karn's Silex that I'm interested in. So this is a legendary artifact for three mana. It enters the battlefield tap. It has the weird, like, no Phyrexian stuff. Players can't pay life to cast spells or activate abilities. Um, but then it has X tap, exile it, destroy each non-land permanent with mana value X or less. So historically, cards like this 
like Oblivion uh, Stone mm-hmm. have actually been pretty good as ways to like give wrath type effects to decks that normally are a bit weak in that department. And this is something that I might play in like a big red deck. I know red has damage based wraths, but often those are just not good enough. And something like this is just a lot better for it. So I don't know. This card is powerful, whether or not it's good or has a home. I'm not sure, but uh, I could see myself trying this out. Um, Obviously, you know, ETB's tapped is, is quite, uh, quite a downside, and I have no idea how relevant the second line is about not being able to pay life to cast spells, but my guess is, like, not that relevant. Yeah. Um, so it's really just, like, a, a delayed wrath, you know, um, and we've had effects like that in the past. I think the biggest difference is, like, those effects are usually pretty expensive on the way in, and then, you know, it's like five mana to cast it and then four mana to pop it. Whereas this is like three mana to get down. And then you can essentially, it scales with the game. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a, you know, kind of like a bad engineered explosives kind of thing. But again, engineered explosives is crazy good. So uh, a, a bad version of a great card could still be pretty good. It's true. It's true. The other thing about a card like this is that if you are ahead on board, you want this card to be out because if they start to play into it, then you can blow up either, either they're playing a deck where, um, you might have, uh, you can engineer your deck where all the creatures or the permanents you want to keep are higher mana value and you'll blow up all their small stuff. Or if you're head on board, you can still play this wrath and it sits there. So if anything happens to their things, your opponent doesn't really want to play into this board, although they're forced to because they're behind, um, and you may be able to squeak out some uh, some good scenarios. So I kind of like this. It it was one of those cards that I kind of skipped over just because it had a bunch of irrelevant text on the top of it, <laughs> seemingly. Yeah, it does look like a pointless artifact. I had to reread the last line a few times mm-hmm. to be like, does this do what I think it does? I just need to make sure I'm not misreading this. And, like, it actually does nothing. Because that would be classic. Like, a random mythic rare artifact that doesn't, yeah, that do, doesn't anything. do anything. Because, <laughs> like, when I look at it, it just seems like Karn is, like, cooking or something. I don't know. He, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's got some of the soup. And, you know, Karn is so bad. So why would his Silex be good? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the, the Planeswalker, I mean, besides the two that we talked about this episode, we talked about one last episode, but we're not going to talk about Karn. Um yeah, <laughs> you don't get to, to hear our thoughts on. Well, you just did. You heard our thoughts. Yeah, there you go. That, those are the thoughts. He's <laughs> um, bad. He's bad. Um, yeah, I like it. Uh, so, this next card I'm going to talk about um, got a huge, like a bunch of hype, and it really is the best one of its like cycle. It, it has to be. There's no way it doesn't. It isn't the best. I don't know. Um, but this is, uh, I don't know if we have this deck in standard anymore because a bunch of good cards got rotated out of it. But um, Defiler of Vigor is three green green for a 6-6 six, six Phyrexian Worm with Trample. It says as initial cost to cast green permanent spells, you may pay two life, and uh, it pays for one green mana uh, that way. Not if I have my Silex, bitch. Hey, that's true. Um, and then it says, whenever you cast a green permanent spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Each of, each of them? 
if you looked at the defiler cycle, I was already in for the six six trampler that makes my five? spells cheaper. For five. <laughs> um, yeah. So this card, I just if you looked at the rest of the cycle, the other ones are have the same thing of the text at the top. They all have like a special. Um, whatever keyword for the color and, and it, it, they reduce stuff from the permanence, blah, 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 all that stuff. But the other ones are like so tame. Like the black one gives a creature plus one plus one and menace, which is like fine. But like the white one makes one ones. But the green one just puts a plus one plus one counter on every creature you control, not just one creature. The other ones feel like they give it to one thing. So yeah, I don't know. This seems like it would want to slot right into a bunch of mono green decks that were being played before. Now, I I don't know what we have left. We lost the troll. We don't have the great uh, the werewolf pack leader anymore. Yeah, no werewolf pack leader is yeah. a huge loss. Um, and you like that's always the card I didn't want to see on turn two. Yeah. And also, I guess like uh, ranger class. Ranger like, class. They lost their two drops. Kazandu mammoth. Like, Ooh, you I lost the, the, the creature land. Like, there's a lot of cards that that deck lost, so I don't know if it'll be anything. They don't have Blizzard Brawl, which they used for a long time. Um, and now you're making me sad. I'm going to miss Kazandu Mammoth. Yeah. Most, like, mediocre card of all time. Love it. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and it, annoying, because it's just a random card that you'll have to deal with after you wipe the board. You're like, oh, fuck. And every time they play <laughs> a land, which is what they don't want to draw, it's going to be good for them? What? <laughs> um, when in, like, every read every deck read Duke built for the past two years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway. Um, and most of mine, too. Yeah. <laughs> this time you took a page out of Reed's book instead of trying to fix oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But... Uh, he, played, he played enough lands. Yeah. Can I say? That's, that's nice. <laughs> um, Defiler Vigor makes it so you don't have to play as many lands. Because <laughs> you can double spell on a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, I forgot. We're not going to have, like, 30 land decks anymore because of the... Yeah. FC's rotated. Yep. You're going to have to just play strictly lands. Um, anyway, I'm going to pick up this card because it has been super hyped and everyone loves it. I don't know if it's overhyped yet, but um, it looks really good and I don't want to see this on turn five or turn four in a green ramp deck or whatever. This feels pretty like, yeah, I think this is the only defiler that in my mind has a chance. Mm -hmm. Of making it. I think it's pretty borderline. Like, if there is a green stompy deck that wants a big finisher, maybe this is maybe this is that uh, what they go to. Mm -hmm. um, again, we're just losing so many key pieces to those types of decks. Like a Seeker's Chariot as well, that we, you know, uh, was a, a big reason to even play the deck in the first place. So, I don't know if that deck exists. But this is one of those cards that could be a sleeper like a, a standard sleeper agent because Ooh. as like if all if they print some green cards in the next couple of sets suddenly it's like oh yeah i forgot about defiler of vigor like let's play mono green yeah so we'll uh no creature lands makes mono green also like monocolored beatdown decks are really need creature lands mm -hmm. they uh they 
bounce back a lot better. Um, you know, maybe there's like an elf deck out there that uh, this they play this at the top end or something. You see, they printed an elf that pissed me off. Like, it's like, call time's rotating, now you get an elf. Yeah. Like, up yours, wizards. <laughs> <laughs> they really do that, don't they? Like, look at, yeah. look at all these. They do it all the time, man. Wow, these amazing wizards and rogues and clerics. It's amazing. Oh, wait. Yeah. It's a year too and they late. have a merfolk here just, like, getting people's hopes up for Ixalan, and then merfolk are going to suck. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that, that the merfolk are going to help. They should have put a pirate in the set. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate tribal decks, wizards? Why? It seems like they were trying. This next card that I have, I'm just going to skip right to it. it you know, go, to, go for we it. We have the cycle of tribal cards, um, one in each color, same type of thing. Uh, and they're all two mana lords. So uh, I, I'm really excited for the black one because, again, it seems like the, the one that seems sweet. And it does seem like the type of card where Jeff might make a list that I would be interested in. Um, Hello. But who knows? I don't know if he likes it or not. But it's uh, Shadow Rite Priest. One in a black for a 2-2 human cleric. It says other clerics you control get plus one plus one. And you can pay three black black, tap it, and sack another cleric. Search your library for a black creature card. Put it onto the battlefield. Then shuffle. I mean, we're tutoring onto the battlefield. What's, what's, yeah. what's not to like? This is like another example of what we were talking about where like, <laughs> Zendikar is leaving um, so all the clerics are gone <laughs> <laughs> but you know now they give us a sick cleric lord I try, you know how many cleric decks I built trying to make clerics work and now, <laughs> now I have this are you kidding me this was the missing piece this was it oh my god <laughs> uh, screw you wizard they probably like had this card in the file for an earlier set and were like no clerics shall not be good we are gonna wait until dominary united <laughs> but i mean like this is the type of card i love so uh, i hope it's good probably not but you know if it's something that you're gonna test out yeah you pick it up it just seems it seems like a card i mean all these are gonna be kind of tempting to me i think um because it's <laughs> the, i i like tribal things and when I started playing, tribal things were uh, a big deal. Uh, so now I'm, I'm just looking at all these tribal cards like, ah, oh, these seem so sweet. I really want it to work out. Um, and right now I'm looking at the clerics we have in standard. Um, all right, so, so we have uh, a lot of good white and black ones. Inspiring Overseer people play because of its creature type. This, now it's a cleric. Uh, there you go. Um, there's a couple flip cards from, uh, there's like, uh, Lunark Veteran, Jaren, Corrupted Bishop is a cleric, uh, Voice of the Blessed is a cleric. I mean, these aren't, uh, ones that we're really happy because all of them are like gain life, lose life cards. Uh, right. and this card has nothing to do with that, but maybe in the future there's a card. <laughs> That's the one. I hope so. And there are a couple clerics in this set too, um. Clerics was like one of my first decks. I bought like the Urza's whatever. Or mm -hmm. I, I got it somehow. The Urza's like pre-con clerics yes. deck. I loved that deck. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm rooting for Team Clerics. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't put money on it, but I'm rooting for it. <laughs> All right. Well, 
the only question I have for you is that is there a big black creature in standard that you would want to cheat into play with this? That's a good question. Um, there must be. There must be something. Like it feels, it always feels so lame when you go through all these hoops and throw in like a five drop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, so I just paid its mana cost. Yeah, you have to at least be like getting a bit of a deal. <laughs> all right, Jeff. So these are some of the black cards that are in standard that cost more than five. Uh, that are big black creatures. Okay, let me let me hear them. All right, so um. We have Cemetery Desecrator. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Not uh, extremely exciting. Uh, Dreadfeast Demon, the, the Flying 6-6 six, six that makes more uh, demons. Right. Um, let's see. Anything that would be really, that we'd actually want to play. Lord of the Forsaken, another big demon where you sacrifice creatures and you make your opponent mill cards, or I guess target player. Um, Shadow of Mortality, which is like the 7-7. Seven, seven. <laughs> So you just play a 7-7. Seven, seven. Um, and Toxrill. Oh, okay. Toxrill maybe foots the bill. That seems that like a good be. one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe this uh, that's is... That's not a bad one to, like, end step. Before your opponent's end step, Toxrill, give all their creatures minus one, minus one. Your turn. Kill them. That's, I think there that's... There we go. All right, so the clerics that, that uh, worship the Slug Lord. I like it. The slug clerics, yeah. Clerics yeah. of the Slug Lord. <laughs> Clerics of the Slug. Let's do it. <laughs> I would love that deck. Yeah, so maybe this is like an Esper Clerics deck. And so, do you know, you only have blue in it, so you can use Toxroll's, um, uh, you know, uh, activated ability. Oh. Mm. Okay. Okay. Now we're cooking with gas. That seems pretty sick. I don't even know if I have my Toxrolls to play this deck, but... Uh, I have at least one, because I remember, like crushing a draft because right. I had Toxrill and I drew it every single game. <laughs> of course you did. Um, I think it was my first one. I was like, this format's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've had to play against it and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, it's it's balmy as hell. Um, yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, Jeff, we've been talking about cards for a while and uh, mainly ones that we want to play. Uh... Not sorry, I'm not leading you into hey, what's a card you don't want to play? Uh, that's not what I was trying to do. Um, uh, I mean, that's a long list. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know the. Well, I, it starts with I. That's what it is. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> All right, um, but I just want to ask you: Is there any last card you want to talk about before we go to last call? Absolutely, there is. I have yet another. This is a bad version of this good card uh, example. And this one is perfect for me. Okay, actually, before I get to that, I'm going to leave a little cliffhanger. There's another card I want to talk about very briefly um, because you sort of did ask me, are there cards you don't want to play? Um, <laughs> so this card offends me on a deep level, and it's Bortuk Bone Rattle. Okay, so this is four black green, Troll Shaman, four four. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, choose target creature card in your graveyard, return it to the battlefield if its mana value is less than or equal to the number of basic land types among lands you control. Otherwise, put it in your hand. The reason I'm so upset about this card is because it's a black-green six-drop. 
super dirtily uncommon that clearly has graveyard centric synergies just from the art mm-hmm. but then they made it like obviously unplayable like if they'd made this semi playable it would be something i would be trying to build decks around and like this just from the art this looked like something that i was gonna play and then i read it and was like soul crushed so <laughs> i just wanted to to bring that up this art looks like something that i would build a deck around what do you, you can bring back a, a two drop <laughs> <laughs> yeah not bad for six mana yeah it's pretty good and it's legendary because why not <laughs> because obviously you want to build a commander deck around this because if it's your commander you can't play more than two colors anyway yeah <clears throat> but all right let's get to the real dirtly black green card that i want to play okay so this card is namata primeval warden Two black green for a 3-4 with reach. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. When you do, create a 1-1 one, one sapperling. Green and sack a sapperling. It gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. One and a black, sack two sapperlings, draw a card. Do you know what this card, what I'm going to say this card is a bad version of? Uh, oh, I no. What are you going to say? This is a bad Kalidas. Okay. <laughs> So Kalidas is very similar, right? It's like a, I think it might even be a 3-4. And it, when their creatures die, they get exiled and you get zombies. And then you can like sack those zombies to make Kalidas bigger and mm-hmm. stuff. Biggest difference is like reach is way worse than lifelink. <laughs> yes. Um, but I just, I don't know if this card is good, but I like it. And I know that I'm going to want to play it. And I'd rather that like I pick that up through drafts than use all my wild cards on it so this makes the list if i see this card i mean it's also a pretty good limited card um but if i see this card i'm taking it and uh i'm gonna build a whole bunch of dirtily black green decks that curve liliana into this (laughs) and have mediocre win rates and that's my plan perfect that sounds awesome the only thing that offends me about this card is that it isn't slime foot i was kind of hoping we'd get another slime foot (laughs) I know why. Where is Slimefoot? He's mentioned. I know. There's like a sorcery with his name. That's what I'm talking about. He was on like a green sorcery, and I was like, oh sweet, where's Slimefoot? And then there's there's Bortuk, Battle Rattle or Bone Rattle, <laughs> and uh, Namada, and I'm like, all right, well, what's going on? This card could so easily just be Slimefoot. Yeah. Whatever. It's a tree <laughs> what, folk who, instead. Is what that... is Namada? Yeah. And then there's also Urg, Spawn of Turg. <laughs> <laughs> so oh yeah another card that i looked at it i was like oh is this like i'm wondering is this like the gitrog monsters kid but then i realized the gitrog monster was um in his track yeah um but i was like is the gitrog monster's name turg <laughs> uh, i got really excited for a second <laughs> the whole time i could have been calling him turg <laughs> oh god anyway all right jeff wow um Nice. I was thinking that we were going to have more time for some uh, bullshit, but I guess we just sprinkled it in throughout the entire episode, didn't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, what do you mean? It was all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just one last disclaimer. If you didn't met, like notice already, our uh, we should have said this at the beginning, but we were drinking beer, so we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> when you're doing a no-pass list, those cards are supposed to be rares. We talk, I mean, we talked about rare drafting, but on the list you should just know that they're all rare. Yeah, even if you don't, like you're just starting out and it seems like you don't have that many uncommon wild cards, don't really worry about it. You're going to get tons of them. You don't have to go out of your way to pick up uncommons yeah. you're interested in. That's what and, and obviously, 
even more so for goblins. Yeah. So just don't don't worry about those. It's really rares and mythics. All right. It's time for last call, Jeff. Uh, I think this is going to be one of our weirdest last calls we've ever had. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> so we have three beers to rate, but each of us only tasted two of them. Um, so should we even rate the other the ones that you know that we just drank? course all right they all get ratings all right they all get ratings so um as always on the arena regulars we rate beers on a scale of bronze to mythic just like the tears in arena huh that's nice um this is no reflection on where you are in the tier system on the tier ladder or anything like that uh it's just a fun way to rate beers so don't feel bad when we say that bronze beers are trash they're horrible you should throw them out and not have them in your hand and pour them down the drain I'm pretty sure I'm double bronze, so uh, that, that checks out. Uh, <laughs> silver beers are macro brews or beers that are just sort of not super interesting. Gold beers are fine, but you won't really think about drinking them again. Platinum is one step up from that. These beers are good, they're solid, and you, you drink them again. Diamond beers are exceptional. You will go out of your way to get them, and you recommend them to your friends. And of course, Mythic, these are the absolute best of the best. These are the, like we said last time, the Liliana of the Veils of the uh, beer world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. I still think we should pick. We should decide whether the one that we both had is better or worse than the one that, uh, the, like, wild card. Wild card. All right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, I got mine. I got mine. Okay. Same. Here you go. Three, two, one. Main squeeze. Happy hour. Whoa. Margarita sour. Okay, okay. Man, now I'm really jealous. What the heck? <laughs> okay, so now, now I have no idea where to start. Yeah. Can we start with main squeeze because we both tried Let's start one. with main squeeze. Let's go. Okay. Uh, I, I did like this one. Obviously, I picked it. Um, because Belgian wheats which uh, I, I'm not the biggest fan of wheat beers, but ones that are citrusy and have coriander, are those are the flavors that I want in this. So it had exactly what I was hoping for, and it's not too, uh, too heavy. It's uh, nice and kind of light. I liked it. Good job. Yeah, I, I didn't like it as much as you, I think. Um, I mostly agree with everything you said, but for me, I'm, I was picking up a little bit of bitterness, like aftertaste, that to me tastes like um, the pith of citrus. Oh, interesting. Like, and so when I see that they've used peel, it maybe that's just like a mind association in my head. But like, to me, it kind of tastes like they took too much of the white in the mm. in the citrus peel, and it's just like on the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. The fr- the front is like really refreshing, like you said, and light, and the citrus is nice. But the whole time, I just had this like thing in the back of my mouth. It was like, that's the best way to describe it. Like, it, it was like pithy, pith. pithy, pithy. Interesting. Yeah, and so that kind of ruined it for me. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, that's uh, pith is not a flavor people like just in general. Uh, right. Even when we were peeling <laughs> stuff for um, uh, when we were making gin, uh, when I worked at the gin distillery, uh, trying to get peelers that wouldn't pull too much pith off was a thing. So. And this could even right. be like a batch to With batch. With that being thing, said, right? I still think this is fairly platinum. 
I think it's pretty solid. I like it, but um, no, I like it. I, you know, if, if I go back, uh, I'll probably get some more. I, I enjoyed them. Yeah. I'd be curious to try, try it again and see if it is like batch to batch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they they do just, you know, have Peel too much. peelers. Too much <laughs> um, but this one that I had, I think I would rate it gold. Okay. With the caveat that I probably actually am going to try it again just to see if I notice the same thing. Gotcha. Nice. Um, because otherwise it was, a, like you said, a good example of a Belgian wheat uh, done right. Just it, uh, if it didn't have this aftertaste. Mm. Um, I'm just going to jump right into Invisible Friend because I want to end with the, the most exciting one. Um, so Invisible Friend was an American Pale Ale with Galaxy, Citra, and Mosaic Hops. I, I think I forgot to say Citra before. Um, anyway, it, uh, it tasted like an American Pale Ale. What do you expect? Nothing fancy. Hops people like. Um, it was good, you know. That's about it. Uh, I'm probably going to give it like high gold probably or it could be platinum. But in the end, it's like, yeah, you know, it's one of those styles that there's a bunch of different ones. And this one was fairly good, but I, I'm never going to. I probably won't ever have this again. So gold. There you go. Cool. Uh, then we get to go to Happy Hour Margarita Sour. Uh, <laughs> I love that name. Yeah, this beer kind of surprised me because immediate like it's okay. It's the the thing to know about this is it's very limey. Okay, it's a lot of lime. When they say like sour, that's what they're talking. That's the flavor. Mm -hmm. It's lime, but you also do get the tequila. Like I, when I took a sip, I was like, it does kind of taste like tequila. And I look at the ingredients, and it uses agave. Gotcha. So that must be where that's coming from. Um, so, I mean, yeah, this this delivers. It almost just tastes like a, like kind of a high-class Bud Light Lime. Uh, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, nice. It tastes good. Uh, it, it just tastes like beer and lime. And then you do get that like little hint of tequila. And I don't know, again, is it because they told me? that it's there by calling it a margarita sour. I don't know. I don't really care. I definitely could get it. Uh, and it was really nice. So I think I'm giving this one diamond because <sighs> it, uh, it hurdled my expectations. I was expecting it to be pretty bad. So <laughs> I'm so jealous. I'm so mad. I, uh, <laughs> why did you get the good tasty beer? I got this stupid... Oh man, it's like not interesting. Not stupid. And not good. But... That's no, no, no. Invisible friends. Not stupid. I'm sorry. I'm just upset. I'm just mad. Yeah. <sighs> I'm pretty pleased with this outcome. Well, whoopity doo. <laughs> All right. This one's super mythic. Best beer ever. It's sad <laughs> they stopped making it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, Jeff. Yeah, what a what a way to close our our, <laughs> our tap takeover of grain and grip. Uh, overall, I would I'd love to go visit this place. Uh, all their stuff seemed. Uh, I mean, it, if you listen to all the episodes, it's a bit hit and miss the way that we like rated them. But I still want to go, uh, just because it seems like a cool cool spot. Everything new by them, I would treat it with like this has the potential to be quite like quite good. Yeah, right? it, so. even very good. Sorry. That one's so good. I love it. Uh, anyway, let's go to closing time. As always, you can reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter 
and Instagram. We technically have an account that we share on Arena. It's Arena Regulars Podcast. If you ever play against that account, uh, please contact us. Somebody might have hacked it. <laughs> you know, Jeff, we've been doing this for the last like several months. <laughs> if you don't want to say the Arena account, we could just stop saying it. <laughs> It's in the show notes, Zach. Uh, well, <laughs> supposed to do. I don't know. Delete it if you don't want to say it. Jeez. At least the next one just says personal plugs. That lets me uh, say whatever I want. All right. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> if you want to talk to me personally about how we should start playing that arena account or how you want to punish Jeff for continually <laughs> plugging something he doesn't believe in, because we always plug things we believe in. On this show, you can find me at Zulberg, that's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G, on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? I have Twitter. Um, my browser logged me out, and I don't remember the password, so I'm going to have to do that, like, reset the password <laughs> thing. But uh, Oh, my God. It's <laughs> Blue Spruce MTG. Uh, B-L-U-E-S-B-R-E-W-S-M-T-G. But if you want me to respond in a timely or semi-timely manner, I, I shouldn't promise timely, uh, you're going to want to contact me on Discord. <laughs> uh, find our Discord server and uh, contact me there. Yeah. If you want to find that Discord server, go to our Twitter. It's pinned right at the top. That's the best way to find it. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and all the places that you can um, the reviews actually help a lot, a lot. So please do that. Um, it just makes our, you know, analytics go up and, you know, everything's about analytics now. So help out your friendly neighborhood podcasts analytics. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you to always come into a new format prepared with a no pass list. That way you know to take Liliana of the Veil over murder. Good night. All right, that's fine.